When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everybody, hope you're all well. You might, uh, well, suddenly realise that it's not Wednesday, the usual podcast day. Um, It's actually Monday. Um, And Alex and I, we have a special little episode because we've been out on the streets and we, well, I say we, I had to leave early because I had Carmen with me and she started to kick off you might hear in the background now um but alex um interviewed two fantastic guys didn't you i did and what we're bringing you today is just a very special little episode it's something that came to our attention that we thought we'd better jump on pretty quickly uh so please enjoy this extra episode of ladies who london together with three guests uh we've got an interview on the streets with the two gentlemen involved in the project and then a rather special guest part way through All views expressed in this podcast are the contributors' own views and relate solely to the heritage of the gas lamps, not to the quality of any companies who may be involved in building them. Enjoy, and we'll see you on Wednesday. Enjoy. Um, welcome to a very special episode of Ladies Who London. Uh, we are doing a midweek podcast because we have had something come to our attention that we think needs a little bit of extra airtime. So um, we are, I'm currently standing in a shop on Cecil Court. For those of you who know London, you might know it's right near Leicester Square. It is famous for antiquarian bookstores, out-of-print maps, all those kind of lovely um, things that people love to come to London and look at. And we are standing in Briars and Briars uh, with two gentlemen here. So I'm going to get them to introduce themselves. I'm Tim Briars, um, and I, this is uh, an antiquarian book and map shop which I run with my wife, Pinder. Um, and we think that Cecil Court is a, a really special place it's still lined completely with independent um, antiquarian bookshops, map shops, print shops, art galleries, antique shops, and we'll come to this in a moment. <laughs> yes. But uh, this is why uh, the quality of light here is so important. Absolutely. But more on that in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we also have Luke here as well. Hi, I'm Luke Honey. Um, I'm a former auction specialist. I'm a writer. I'm a charter surveyor special, specialising in fine art and antiques. I'm also an antiques dealer as well. Okay. And the reason we're here is for something that isn't exactly an antique, although it sort of is, but not in the classic form of, of being an antique, um, because we're here to talk about gas lamps, which, of course, is a very famous, um, you know, very classic part of London. Um, why are we talking about gas lamps today, gentlemen? We're talking about gas lamps today because there are just 300 left, or there were 300 left in the care of Westminster Council. Luke and I believe they've already removed 100 of them, and they're planning to remove the remaining 200 working gas lamps within the next year or so. And we want them to stop. So this is something that we, um, Emily and I, got in touch with Luke on his Instagram page, The London Gasketeers. Uh, because you set up just in the last week and it's yes, gained huge traction. Uh, last Saturday afternoon. So 
I, I, I'm now working flat out full time. I'm up at six o'clock in the morning, <laughs> literally, and going to bed because, because I've been inundated with people wanting to become gasketeers. And, the, you know, the extraordinary thing, you would think, well, gas lamps, but I have a huge number of women, which is interesting. I have uh, pop stars. I have actors, historians, environmentalists, um, gas workers, shop owners, tour guides like you yeah, and and they're just flocking and they're all getting in touch with me and they're saying what's going on and there's you know and and it's just extraordinary and i'm just getting messages coming in i'm trying to answer everybody's yep. um as i say if you want to get in touch with me please do i will get back to you as quickly as i can but we've we've gained i think 1300 followers in three days and it's rising so what brought you into mm. the, uh, the the well what crossed your both of your paths yeah. in terms of Gas lamps. What actually happened here was in June last year, uh, some Westminster, some contractors working for Westminster Council, dug a hole outside my shop, and I asked them what they were doing, as you would, yes, uh, because the pavement here is rather shallow, and I didn't want them to go into my basement. Uh, and they said they were just all they were doing was just seeing if it was possible to convert uh, the lamppost outside to electricity. And I said, but it's a working gas lamp. And they said, yes, we want to see if it can be converted to electricity. And then alarm bells started ringing and I got in touch with uh, Dan Cruikshank. I got in touch with the Victorian Society. Nobody had heard anything about it. And then one of my, uh, a friend who lives around the corner said, oh yes, they converted my street, Martlet Court, back in March last year. But I thought it was just something they were doing in our street. And it's the scale of what Westminster Council has been doing very, very quickly became apparent. And if you're wondering why I'm so worried about it, well, Cecil Court was rebuilt in the 1890s. In its current form, it's always been lit by gas, with the exception of the blackout, I suppose. <laughs> and the gas lamp outside my shop has worked perfectly well for over 100 years. Uh, the mechanism is still clockwork, which is about as environmentally friendly as you could get. Yeah, uh, absolutely. A British gas engineer comes out every couple of weeks or so and winds it up, uh, and it casts this really distinctive glow uh, over Cecil Court. And for a business like mine in Westminster, um, the setting is and the aesthetics of the setting are incredibly important. There's certainly no issue here uh, one of the council's concerns is safety. Yeah. But here in Cecil Court, where most of the shops uh, have their own lights anyway, so you have a mixture of electric lighting and gas lighting. Yeah. There's no safety issue that I, I can see. We can see for yourself. You know, you yeah. can see. Look, look. I'm here we are. The streets. If I took a photograph yeah. yesterday, you know, just, you know, without... And the yeah. light was absolutely fine. And yeah. one thing I would say is that for the last eight years or so, uh, I've commissioned uh, a different artist or illustrator every year to create a Cecil Court Christmas card. So it's been the likes of Adam Dant and Stephen Walter and Rosie Brooks, and most recently it was uh, Peter Bailey who illustrated the Philip Pullman, uh, his Dark Materials wow. trilogy. Yeah. And every single one of them, without prompting, because I just tell them to go away and get on with it, yeah. uh, has put the gas lamp right in the middle of the Christmas card. So it's something which people really notice which they really pick up on without any sort of, without any prompting oh look yeah. at the gas lamp and if it goes you, you people might not realize it now but if it goes if it changes they will notice the difference absolutely and you know gas lamps are something that when people think of london they do think of that you think of 
well, not just London, but, you know, England, Narnia, classically, you know, has Absolutely. that lovely story, the gas lamp. We, you know, people imagine these mm. lovely sort of gloomy streets lit by gas lamps. You have wonderful sort of... Except, as you, you know, can the, see, it's the, the, not that gloomy. No, it's not. But, I mean, that's the, <laughs> that's the kind of classic, you know, people yeah, have that yes, image of these yes. sort of fog-ridden yeah. London, these lovely the, gas lamps. But the reality is not, the reality yeah. is, 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 as we can see quite here, is not yeah. like that. Exactly. Uh, and but indeed, it's, it's a kind of, it's a staple yeah. image of London, Absolutely. is it, that gas lamp down It's remarkable technology. And we would just like to see the last vestiges of it preserved so that other people can have the same experience that we're having right now. Absolutely. Uh, it's certainly not, a, we're not suggesting that we return the whole of London to gaslighting. Uh, it's, we're talking about a, a statistically insignificant couple of hundred lamps just so that people can enjoy this yeah. in the right setting. And what we're looking at here is. Um, the Sug Rochester, which is the apotheosis of gas lighting. It's a magnificent piece of so engineering. there are different forms, which is, and we're looking Absolutely. at the Rochester type. Oh, you are going to learn so much about different <laughs> types of gas lighting. But, but, but mm -hmm. even, not only did gas lighting begin here, street gas lighting begin here uh, in, mm -hmm. in Westminster, Sug, the manufacturers, were based in Westminster. This is absolutely a Westminster creation. Local. And Sug lights were then exported around the world as far afield as Hong Kong. And the idea that Westminster Council is now ripping out the last uh, examples of something which is so fundamentally Westminster, yeah, not absolutely. just London, really shocks me. And so to, to describe the Rochester, what we're looking at is yeah. uh, almost like, a, a, like you said earlier, a lady's bonnet shape. So it's a circular yes. one with a lip at the, at the top. And yes. then what looks almost like um, a kind of upturned globe or like a, imagine it, a bit sort of like a glass a bowl. It's like a glass dome. Bowl or it's something. Like a, exactly. Hanging down from exactly. underneath. Beautiful uh, ironwork coming down uh, in Very scroll delicate. patterns. Yeah. Really delicate. And, you know, you can't, this is the wonderful thing about Victorians, isn't it? They, they needed functional things and they were inventing stuff, but they made them beautiful as well. I mean, the clever thing about it is that it, it doesn't cast shadows. That's no. the reason why they've inverted it. Uh, if you look at the, we'll see other lights later on, which are sort of perched on top of their poles, uh, particularly the Grosvenor and, and Windsor lanterns. Uh, but they, you know, if you do it that way up, you can't help casting shadows. Yeah. Hang it upside down, shadowless. And, and can I also add, you see the height of it, you see one of the, part, part of the design of the Rochester was the height. So they put the lamp, it was a very clever idea, they increased the height of the lamp. So when you think of the earlier lamps in parks, tend to be lower these ones are much higher and the point for that was to distribute the light more evenly yeah so it's so probably about 12 very, feet isn't it yeah they're they're a really really clever design and you know it is giving out plenty of light yeah it's not blinding no it's worked perfectly it's well good for, yeah. good for the eyes it's a natural i mean as i said cecil court was rebuilt in the 1890s everything was done to the highest spec yeah. these were some of the first commercial units to be lit by electric light inside wow. but outside they had the best gas lamps going. Amazing. And that's why, as I said, you're looking at that and it is the absolute, um, yeah, the Yeah, this, this, this street isn't augmented by any other light other than the lights from the, from the shops and, themselves, and, and, but and, and it doesn't need anything If else. I can also add, this, this light we're looking at, this lamp we're looking at dates from about 1910. Mm. Right. Certainly the, the lantern. Um, yeah. and, and what Westminster are planning to do is remove the lanterns but retain the poles. Yeah. And as far as they're concerned, changing the source of the light and changing the lantern is a minor change. And it isn't. There's been some suggestion they might sort of retain the existing lanterns where it's viable. 
But yeah. I'm not sure that you can actually use a gas lantern. You can easily convert a gas lantern to uh, for use with an LED because an LED requires a fully enclosed chamber yeah. and a gas lantern, for obvious reasons, requires ventilation. Yeah, so, but that doesn't mean to say that these should be taken off and scrapped. They should be refurbished and retrofitted. Yeah, and absolutely. that is completely viable. Otherwise it's more in landfill, isn't it? Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, right, so we are now in uh, Goodwin's Court, which is, I think, one of the most atmospheric little streets. And, uh, you know, th this is where you come to see a gas, gas lit alleyway, classic kind of yes. London one. We've got three along here giving that lovely yellow light um, in a very sort of atmospheric little street. In fact, we've brought you here for a reason, because this is one of the best places to enjoy a street which is still more or less lit as it would have been 100 years ago. Uh, there's very little interference. When we were back in Cecil Court, you, you, yes, we had the original gas lighting, but we also had a lot of light from shop windows. Here, yeah. it's just the gas lighting, more or less. And one of Westminster Council's stated concerns is safety. Yeah. And you can see, we can see each other perfectly, can't we? Yes, we, absolutely. We, we yeah. don't yeah. feel that there's any safety issue. If you did want to brighten these gas lamps but still retain their distinctive glow you could add reflectors you could change the gas mantles there are good reasons for doing that anyway as we've been discussing for environmental reasons yeah. to consume less gas so you could brighten them and still keep the same type of light but quite honestly do you need to no and i think you know it, it they are really like you say you know they they're part of london's dna and they really are they're beautiful so you're talking about yeah. You know how they look they are old you know when, when do you imagine these ones would have been put in these are these are windsors well that, that one down there is a windsor isn't it yeah um these ones um the thing about gaslighting which is interesting which again i need to say is that um they're very much working lamps they're working lamps yeah. so over the years the many many years these were probably my, my guess would have been installed in the early 20th century or even the late 19th century but over the years, they're maintained, they're maintained by this lovely old company called Suggs, who would go around, who, who, who manufactured the original, original lights, and they would make parts and they would uh, min, help British Gas maintain them. Um, so sometimes you might get a pole which is original, then the lamp might have been put on, replaced after the blitz. Yeah. Um, by Sug exactly the way it would have been made before with loving care. Then the mechanism may have been upgraded, or they call it the mechanism, the actual burner may have been upgraded in the 1970s or 80s. Other lamps you find may actually be original, haven't changed at all since the late 19th century. But that's what we're saying about gas, why they're so fascinating. Yeah. I should also add, in the street here, we're looking at these beautiful late 18th century, um, beautiful surviving shop, uh, bow-fronted, um, yeah, really gorgeous. Yeah, and you see the lamp, that lovely lamp, the windsor, which is just above it. I mean, the idea that that is replaced by a, by a replica, um, it ju it's just so sad. I yeah. mean, it's just so, so sad. And we can see at the end of the street, there is a modern light. Yes. There's a very different type of blue-white light. It's, well, it's quite LED, harsh. That's an LED light on the left, yes. Which I think you said that some of them are being replaced with LEDs, did you say? Well, yes, yes, the plan, the scheme is they're going to keep the poles yeah. and then they're going to rip off these original lanterns, antique lanterns. Yeah. We don't know exactly what's happening to the lanterns. They may, they may go to scrap or they may be used, being used for spares. We don't actually yeah. know what's happening. There's very little information on it. 
um, and then they're going to reinstall replicas. These replicas then will be bolted. So in the case here, they may, may well remove also the bracket and they may well put on, if, if, if we look at the Pickering uh, Place replacements, uh, which is a little alleyway, as you know, just off St. James's Street, um, they have also brand new brackets with, with great big screws and then there'll be an LED imitation gas effect yeah. within the lamp. People come to London looking for history, looking for culture. It's popular. I mean, you were a tour guide, weren't you? Yeah. So, yeah, you take your tours down Pickering Place. Imagine yeah, we come down here down Pickering yeah, Place. You it's take not... your tour down Pickering and, 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 a, and a visitor to London would say, oh, look, there's the original gas lamp. And you say, well, actually, no, I'm afraid it's not. Yeah. And actually, look, cl look closely. Oh, yeah, it's brand new. Yeah. I mean, if there's uh, and one it doesn't, thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, Luke and I, with our background in the world of antiques, I mean, I think if there's one thing we can spot a mile off, it's a face. <laughs> and if there's uh, as one thing you can't replicate is this patina of age. Right now, we know we're looking at the real thing. And it's important that future generations yeah. have a chance to come and look at this technology which completely revolutionised urban living yeah. uh, in a way which is almost unimaginable today. Um, you know, you could uh, keep shops, factories open late, the streets were brightly lit. It, it it changed, you know, nighttime living. Yeah, genuinely. Genuinely, really and, and it spread. It began it was here like the railways in Westminster. Yeah, Absolutely. so I'm right in thinking that London was the first city to have street lighting, gas street lighting like this. Yeah, it was the first city in the world to have a public demonstration of gas lighting in Carlton House Terrace, yep. which is just off Pall Mall, mm. and that was in 1807. Mm. Um, the street's famous because Prince Regent had a house there. Um, as Luke was about to say, though... And I was thinking about the railways. The railways. Yeah, so it's crucially yeah. important to, to our history. And Absolutely. if you it's think in history. those terms, and you think about if someone was to propose scrapping the Flying Scotsman... Yeah, <laughs> that wouldn't go down it well. It wouldn't go no, down no, well. No, uh, there would be a lot of very angry know, people. We have the gaslights mm. we have left in London are what I would describe as statistically insignificant, whether you're looking at the financial cost, the environmental cost... Uh, you know, they're, they're actually, there are so few of them left. Yeah. It is a bit like preserved steam locomotives. You want to sort of keep examples of this technology working so that future generations can do exactly what we're able to do and Absolutely. perhaps only able to do for a matter of months. And it, it's about um, heritage, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's if, also, if, I mean, if you get also, rid of all the heritage... I would say the other thing also, it's not just about London, it's of national importance. Yeah. Mm. Um, even international importance. I mean, I, as you know, um, um, Tim and I have formed a, a group called the London Gasketeers. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm, I'm being flooded with support from... And, 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 and my our friends in America, particularly in Brooklyn and places like that, are very, very interested in what's happening. So we're getting international interest. So why do you think that Westminster Council are changing? They've come in on um, three particular angles. There's safety, there's environmental impact, yeah. uh, and uh, then there's the financial cost. But very briefly, I mean, we can delve into all of this in more depth, yeah. um, I don't see that there is, a, given where the remaining gas lamps are located, I cannot see what the safety issues really are. Again, there are so few of them, they're in very well-trodden parts of the West End. Absolutely. Uh, you then have the environmental impact, and yes, you know, by, by retrofitting them, as Luke has been saying, uh, you know, installing new gas mantles uh, and uh, it's easily possible to 
reduce gas consumption by up to 60%. Gas itself is becoming increasingly greener. There's greater use of biogas, that's at least 5% now. There's talk of switching over to hydrogen. Um, and then, of course, when you come into the financial cost of it, as far as we're, to the best of our understanding, uh, Westminster Council is spending £10,000 per lamppost to convert. Oh it's going to, given the actual cost of the running costs, which, as I said, we believe can be reduced anyway from about £450 per year per lamp to about £150 per year per lamp, okay. it's going to take them decades it's a to recoup any of that money. It's a complete waste of public money. So talk to me about the cost. So in terms of you said you can bring the cost down and in terms of the cost that they're spending on, on retrofitting all of these, what, what uh, are your... They're kind of... not. We want them to retrofit. Oh, no, and sorry. I mean, uh, changing claim, over. They I mean. claim that there's only a... There's, you know, nobody who can do it. And we know of at least two companies who are actively working with... It's not a dead technology. There are gas lights in operation in cities around the world. Boston has a complete gaslight district with about 1,800 lamps. There are lots of gas lamps in places like Prague. Even Hong Kong still has about four old Suggs lamps on the go. Gosh. And so it's, you know, people are working to improve gas technology all the time. And here in the UK, uh, gas lights are being maintained in places like Malvern. They're being reinstalled by Bristol Council in Canning Square in Clifton. Wow. They're about to be reinstalled in Westminster Abbey thanks to the activities of the architectural historian Ptolemy Dean. Mm -hmm. So a lot of places are putting gas back and Westminster, where it all began, it's about to get rid of our last 200 gas lamps and we want them to stop. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you said about cost. So how much do we think it's going to cost for them to change all of these lamps well, over to electric? If there were 300 lamps at £10,000 a pop, that's 3 million quid. That's half the cost of the mound up at uh, Marble Arch. <laughs> yes. And we know how well that went. <laughs> yeah, that, that was popular, wasn't it? Yeah, very much so. Uh, it seems like it's a colossal... I mean, even if you don't care so much about as much perhaps as we do about the heritage angle of this and how important that is for local residents and for tourists. Just the sheer waste of public funds is something which should be making people sit up and think. And, and you said you, you reckon that you could bring the cost down. How would you go about doing that? And making well, we've been in touch with a couple of different companies, uh, Site Designs Limited, who are based up in Malvern, and they've been doing great things with the gas lamps there. And, of course, there's William Sugg. And, again, uh, Sugg is the company which manufactured these lamps in the first place. They're based in Westminster. They're back in business. They're back under family ownership again. And they're very anxious to sort of retain this part of their heritage. Even British Gas themselves seem to be very keen on, on retaining the, the gas light. And sort of talking ecologically, because uh, some people would say, but it's gas and we are trying yeah. to get rid of gas and yeah. we are moving away from that. What is the argument to oh, say... Well, shall I answer that please? one? Yeah. Um, the point to understand is that the actual amounts of gas being used are minuscule. I mean, we're, we're talking about um, the amounts of the amounts of gas being used are minuscule. We're talking about 200 lamps because we think they've already got rid of 100. So we're, we're talking about 200 lamps in action in, 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 and, and within the wider environment of Greater London, we are talking about an absolute minuscule number of lamps. Um, we also think that the, so the amount of gas being used is very, very small. I mean, to give you an idea of that, we've come up with a couple of... Uh, we were told even when there were 300 gas lamps that they used less gas per year than 100 
normal suburban homes. And when you think of how okay. many homes there are, that, it's that, that little. And, and I can add to that also. And I was talking to, to, to an expert this morning and um, he did his calculations and he sent me a very complicated mathematical formula which showed that a restaurant heater, he reckons, sort of when you, something you see in Sloan Square now, mm. those restaurant heaters, yeah, which they have out on the terrace cubicle wall, we think 10 times the amount of energy being used from them as a single gas lamp. Wow. Because the thing to remember, yeah, the thing to remember, we're looking at these gas lamps now, the gas is actually controlled. So it's not like a, um, it's controlled very, very carefully. It's not like a, don't think it's like a stove where you yeah. turn on and all that sort of <laughs> flames are coming off. It's a very different thing. It's a very, very clever invention. Yeah. And I mean, so in other words, there's hardly any gas being used anyway, and we can make sure that there's even less. Yes. yes. And, and can I also stress that um, Site Design Limited are committed environmentalists. So, mm. so and, and they're a very successful project in Malvern. I mean, that was part of an environmentalist group. So, so what we're arguing is, is that to keep the lamps as they are, have them retrofitted, put in more efficient burners, possibly put reflectors if they're needed, give them a clean, the efficient burners will reduce the amount of energy being used. Mm -hmm. And if we do that, and also put in electric ignition, and we were talking earlier about the clockwork mechanisms, yeah. but I think we would, would put in electric ignition, which is, makes life more, makes it easier. If we do those things, we have essentially green gas lamps yeah. at, a at, a, at a much lesser cost. Also with the carbon footprint. And, and you know, what is the carbon footprint going to be by getting, ripping them out, manufacturing new ones? Keeping the original ones, you know, w we will reduce the impact on the environment. When you, when you think about it, if you're scrapping the original lanterns and fabricating new ones, digging up the pavements, yeah. installing the electric cable, there's a massive carbon cost of doing those things. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, the idea that our electricity you know, supply is under enough pressure as it is, I don't see that when people just say, oh, it's fine, it, it's going to be electric, yeah. it's, it's a sort of a form of greenwashing, really. I mean, we actually that think, we, we, we also believe that we can, uh, if we install this new efficient burner, get it down between 60 and 70%. Now, Westminster Council, in a letter to uh, residents, are claiming that they, their overall energy costs are going to be reduced by 50%. It's interesting to compare that to, to, to the burner that we believe can be installed in a retrofitted gas lamp. Um, and site design reckon they can get the amount of gas used down between 60 and 70%, something like that. So, so, so we've got to get the point across to people that don't think that these are some sort of you know, relics of the past. Yeah. We need to talk about dark skies because yes. the trouble with LED lights um, studies in Germany are showing that they, they can be detrimental to um, the environment, to wildlife. To be fair, it does depend on the actual levels of uh, energy that that particular LED light bulb is using. Of course, yeah. But um, it's generally very beneficial. Um, LED lights produce masses of light pollution. Yeah. They have this very sort of white light. Even the replica lights that are supposed to look like gas don't, don't have the same effect. They, they attempt to replicate it, but they don't. I mean, you, the time we've been standing here chatting, I think our eyes have adjusted beautifully yes. to this yeah. uh, a very, very warm light. I think it's, um, I've even heard people suggesting it's good for it's mental health. Light. I it's, mean, a, a friend yeah. of mine who lives in Martlett Court, and he 
first alerted me to all of this. He thought it was just his street that was being converted. But right, right back in March 2020, they ripped off all of the lanterns and they replaced them with LEDs. And he says it's been appalling. He, it's like, he said it's like the sort of kitchen strip lighting compared well, to what he was used it's to. It's that blue light that you get from yeah. computer screens and mobile phones and things yes. like that yes. Um, yes. as well, which is, you know, they do say is... Shall we show you oh, some horrors? <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, the lights we're about to show you are supposed to replicate the um, old Windsor lamps. So the Windsor is what we have here in um, Goodwin's Quarters. We're just oh. leaving it and they're sort of like a, a uh, almost like a bucket shape, aren't they? Um, if you imagine like a sort of a, a pail, a water pail, that kind of shape with beautiful kind of filigree uh, at the top. Do you notice the scallop, uh, the scallop uh, thineal? No, yeah. That's a Grosvenor. That that's a Grosvenor. Oh, yes. that's a different one. That's a Grosvenor. It's a circular one, but it's got a scallop thineal, which you also do find at the Windsor. You see the sort of rather, rather yeah. lovely, like, a, like an umbrella turned upside down, the yeah. scallop edges. And I mean, you do look at that and you can right. tell it's old. You, you know, there's... Yeah, absolutely. There's no you can't replicate yes. that pattern or remote. Yes, yes. And if we go left, and now we're heading into New Road, that is brand new. Wow, now even I, as a layman, can definitely tell that that is new. That is quite a blinding light. We're in a new road. Yeah. Um, Might be able to hear it. it's a little busier. Do we you see of... how bright that is? That is, and the minute I blink, I've immediately yeah. got the, the sort of, you know, the, 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 the light that was retained on your retina. It's, uh, it's, it's nowhere near that gentle yellow light. I mean, it's yellowish, but it's a, it's a harsh yellow, Let's compare it? it to this one next to it. These lights have been sadly neglected. They yes. They all do with... And it, do you think that's maybe one of the reasons why Westminster have decided to change? Do they use well, that as a... if I was being desperately cynical, I'd say that, it, you know, you can leave something to fall down and then you can say, oh, well, it's too late to exactly, do anything about it Exactly, that's what I mean, yeah. Do you know, it's funny because when we were talking about it and I was thinking, Yes, I can totally see that that would be a thing, but I, I was like, I, I just can't imagine that you'd see the difference to a layperson. You can. I, I'm actually quite astounded now, by the difference. If, you know, we have original working Victorian and Edwardian gas lamps, which have done the job for over a century, are still doing the job. Why do we want to replace them with faux Victorian gas lamps? And we've got actually one behind us that ha is, is an original which isn't working, so I guess there's an element of them just sort of letting so, them... Yes, you know. yes. Well, they'll be, they're planning to switch these off within days. I mean, the, the, this was uh, dug up maybe a week ago, something like that. Right. And the sad thing is that, you know, I, both of us work. You know, but, you know I'm, I'm pleased I'm doing this, but I have other things to do, and I'm delighted I'm doing this. But somebody, I felt so strongly about it. Um, when, I, when I first discovered what was going on, I literally had a sleepless night, and I know it sounds crazy, I'm not some sort of gas lamp nerd or anything like that. No, but we're but both becoming them, Luke, But aren't we? we are now, yes, we are. <laughs> and I, knew more, yes. I know more about we gas are lamps now, now but, than but, I thought but I ever I, would. I, I just care so much about London's history, and, and it's so much part of what we are in our DNA, that the idea of them being replaced is, is you know, for the visitors and the tourists and, and people who live there, it's so depressing. Um, it's just awful. I, um, I, what, what happened was Tim was working on this earlier with Dan Cruikshank, the architectural historian, I came into it, um, I only discovered that before Christmas. I've literally set up, we've set up the Gasketeers, the London Gasketeers, last Saturday. And I've been inundated, inundated with, with support from, from, from around the world. Yeah, there's definitely a groundswell of... From everybody, and also masses of, masses of uh, women, 
we were talking about the safety issue earlier, I had lots of young girls, I, I had environmentalists, I had art historians, we had some pop stars, we had actors, we had gas workers, everybody, shop owners, it's a totally united across the board thing. One of those people that we have uh, as part of the project is the gentleman joining Emily and me now, uh, which is the lovely Simon Callow. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure. Delighted. So we would love to know what brought you to this project and why are these th this gas lamp saving uh, project? Why is it such an important thing for you? You know, um, I, I, I'm, I am a Londoner, and uh, though I've lived for quite big chunks of my life outside of London, but uh, when I was young and bookish, um, now I'm old and bookish, um, <laughs> I, I, used, I, I used to take the bus up from Streatham, where I lived, to Charing Cross Road, it was the, 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 the 159. And uh, uh, it was a sort of paradise to me, uh, um, Charing Cross Road. Bookshop after bookshop, obscure, wonderful shops. Well, almost all of them have disappeared. There's about three or four left in uh, in Charing Cross Road itself, uh, 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 in addition to a beer mart like Foils, which is a wonderful bookshop, but it's not quite like those. Not quite the same, yeah. So um, what does remain out of all of that is one tiny little street it's almost an alley parallel to the alley or street in which shiki's the restaurant is to be found and that street is called cecil court and cecil court is really an, a weird miraculous survival of a, another time it's it's filled with largely bookshops there are other shops too there are art shops and so on uh, there's a, um, a curio shop and uh, all, all sorts of odds and ends but mostly it's bookshops, bookshops of a kind, especially secondhand bookshops, which have a, a unique charm and character. Um, um, places where you, you you can spend an hour or two hours just wandering around, looking at the stock, smelling the, 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 the paper, the aged paper. Um, uh, it's a wonderful place, uh, Cecil Court, and it's full of history. It uh, uh, um, uh, was, was the, actually, in that very street though it wasn't called Cecil Court in those days and the buildings were different but in that little alley Mozart stayed when he was seven years old um, uh, and uh, was taken out by his um, uh, father to uh, St James's Park and uh, uh, was uh, uh, stopped by the king who uh, it, there's a sort of whole legend about Mozart and, and, and his time here in that little street um, which is good uh, uh, then comes uh, the the period when the uh, um, nascent British film industry was located in that very same passage yeah. but for me it's always been the books and and uh, uh, they they give it its unique character but also uh, uh, it's it's a sort of untam un 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 unsullied uh, by um, uh, chain stores or or, or 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 fast food places or anything like that and there are rather enchantingly there's a little row of lamps Victorian lamps down the center of Cecil Court, which have a particular beauty to them. They, they, they themselves are very beautiful. The, the metal structure is beautiful, but they cast a light on Cecil Court, which is absolutely enchanting and very, very rare to find nowadays because they're gaslight and uh, yeah. um, they, they, they have a a gentle, uh, they make everybody looks more handsome or more beautiful. <laughs> it's 
and, and the bookshops themselves look more handsome and more beautiful. And uh, um, so this is a little piece of perfection. And you think to yourself, how on earth there's something like this been allowed to survive? Because mm. it's so beautiful that most people would want to destroy it immediately. That's what happens <laughs> in town planning. They think, oh, that looks rather lovely. Let's smash it up. Um, um, but it hasn't. It's survived and it's got a, it's its own very particular character. And it's a wonderful place to be human in. You can, you can absolutely you don't feel the great pressure of the city outside you. It's surrounded by, there's a theatre just a couple of blocks up, and then there's the huge Colosseum down St. Martin's Lane, all of which are very nice habitat for this particular street, but it's really very, very, very special. So, of course, uh, any county council, any, any, any city council, would immediately want to preserve it because it's unique, draws people to it, People feel very happy there. They spend money there, but also they're diverted and informed and uh, amused there. So let's keep it as it is. Absolutely. Not mm -hmm. Westminster Council. Though. Okay. They have other ideas. The, the council uh, feeling deeply anxious when something isn't absolutely uniform uh, has yep. decided that they must be replaced with LED lights. Um, so I, I think it's very, very important that uh, as many people as have visited this street, this little alley, and been enchanted by it, um, uh, give their support to stopping this pointless depredation. Mm. Uh, there are many other gas lights around Westminster which are similarly being pillaged of their true beauty and the, the contribution they make and being forced into something which is extraordinarily um, crude and uh, uh, charmless. Uh, here's a, something which is such a rare commodity, charm yeah. in the city. <laughs> and this is this place really embodies. It's not quaint. It's not twee. It's just absolutely charming mm. and um i i'm 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 certainly going to fight all the way for this which it, it's not trying to stop the clock it's just saying something beautiful exists there let's keep it and that's all anybody's saying and uh um i'm anyway as i say i'm i'm a hundred percent no, maybe a thousand percent. A thousand percent. That's, um, that's, I mean, that's the most support that anybody could. That's uh, yeah, that's some backing, isn't it? Oh, sorry, that's my daughter. Um, yeah, yeah so, it's so important to keep these echoes of the past. Um, yeah. I, Tim and Luke were showing us some replicas. Have you seen them? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, we mustn't just lie down and let it happen because that's that's what. You know, we, we, we resign ourselves to the fact that, that something, you know, has been set in motion and uh, uh, that's that. But it doesn't have to be. Uh, in my lifetime, I've seen so many extraordinarily beautiful buildings ripped apart. Thank God that kind of stopped at a certain point. I mean, if the Greater London Council had had its way, the whole of the Strand and all its theatres and all its hotels would have been ripped uh, 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 pulled down uh, the the whole of Maiden Lane and uh, Rules and all of Covent Garden as we now know would have been ripped out totally yeah, in favour of a large motorway and it was only that that's the first that I the first in, inkling that I had that it was possible to resist 
these things. But uh, uh, there was a huge campaign and elderly actors <laughs> like John Keelcoot and Ralph Richardson, Sir Lawrence Olivier, marched up and down with placards to, to, to save these things. And I'm afraid it may come to that in Cecil Court. Well, which would be no bad thing. And I, you know, taking up that actor mantle and, and, yeah. and, and you know, using your, your platform to, to yeah. be able to support it. Because like you say, once it's gone, it's gone. That's it. You're not going to get be able to get them back. So we need yep. to stop it before it before it begins. Yeah, that's that really is um, the kind of uh, um, fantasy world of the past, which I, doesn't interest me at all. It's the actual thing that is so exciting. Absolutely. That's it. You know, that's something that somebody a hundred years ago could have put their hands on and uh, uh, felt and, and 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 appreciated and loved. And that's what we love as as guides around London. That's what we love about London is that ability to say you are now looking at something that people looked at or touched yeah. 100, 200, 300 years ago. And we don't want to lose that for for the future generations mm. who have, have yet to experience a lovely little flickering gaslit alleyway like yeah. Cecil Court. Mm. I mean, Carmen has to see that, you know. Oh, she does. Keep it going for Carmen. That's that's the keep slogan. Keep it going for that's Carmen. That's our slogan. <laughs> I think we have a new hashtag. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, but Simon, so true, thank it? you so much for your time coming and chatting to, uh, to us about this project. Thank you. Um, and let's, you know, we will see you on a march at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> You're sure to. <laughs> or sticking myself to the road. Maybe. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> So what can we do to help? Because you've set up oh, the Gasketeers yes. well, um, as obviously as a movement, but yes. uh, you know, getting a movement that obviously has an aim. What, what can we well, do to help? Well, we've literally just been working flat out. My uh, social media accounts have been going crazy, just keeping up with it. So we have an Instagram account, which is doing incredibly well. We gained... Which is at the London Gasketeers. Yes, it's the London Gasketeers. So go to that, please. I mean, we've gained 1,300 followers in three days and it's rising fast. I'm working flat out to answer everybody. I try and answer everybody who, who gets in touch. I've just set up a Facebook page, The London Gasketeers. Yeah. We are working flat out on a website. Um, the Victorian Society have been brilliant and are building one for us now. So once that is up and running, we'll put as much information as we can on it, how to lobby Westminster Council. Fabulous. So the aim is that we want to try and lobby Westminster Council. Yeah, it and, is. And, yeah. and what and we would really we're... like is an immediate cessation of these works. We don't think that the alternatives have been properly uh, explored. Yeah. And uh, it's time to just stop it. Let's talk about what we can do to yeah. retrofit these gas lamps, to preserve them for future generations. Uh, listed and unlisted, and uh, um, you know, and, and there's no. We're not trying to. Um, we do want to exert pressure on Westminster Council, yes. but it's just to say, look, this is one of these yeah. things. A hundred of them have already gone. Can we please just keep what's left? Yeah. yeah. And I think you know we're reasonable people. As I said, I'm not really an activist type. Really. <laughs> I'm not really. But but I'm, had to push the right buttons. But, but 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 sometimes you just have to do what you think is right. And I just think this is such a tragedy. That, that, that we just have to do something about it. And, 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 and what I'm really asking is that anybody listening to this who, who hears about it, get in touch with uh, us and we will tell you how to lobby the council and hopefully enough public pressure from people from all walks of life. Yeah. This is about everybody in London. It also has implications for world heritage around the world. You know, Is it acceptable to put fakes into you know, historic houses or historic streets, you know, so there are wider implications. But yeah, get in touch with us and we will 
give you more information and we can also help you to uh, lobby the council to and enough pressure hopefully the council will just stop and think well actually we have made a mistake and there are people who are willing to help us uh, work out a more effective and more environmental solution. We'll put a link to um, all of the social media on our show notes so that you can get there directly. Um, but uh, I think that's, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic cause and, and thank you for picking well, up the you. mantle. Thank you. Thank you very much.